You're listening to Consciously Crude. Unapologetic truths the collective is ready for. Granting permission for the incognito spiritual badass to dive deeper into the magic of their universe. Come out of the spiritual closet. Awaken your courageous heart. Step deeper into your divine power. These are the quantum upgrades your matrix is ready for. Let's dive deep. Hello and welcome to Consciously Crude. I'm Jasmine and in this week's episode, Amanda and I sit down with Vanessa Bowen, who is a chartered professional accountant and a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Vanessa also founded Mintworthy, which is a personal finance coaching platform that helps women shift their relationships with money and take control of their finances. After a decade in corporate finance and public accounting, working with international businesses in both Canada and the U.S., Vanessa decided to pursue her passion for personal finance, shifting her focus on empowering women to live life on their own financial terms. Vanessa equips women with new ways of managing and controlling their finances and teaches strategies to truly reach their financial goals. She helps women uncover their money blocks and release deep-rooted subconscious beliefs that create our habits, decisions, and behaviors around money. Vanessa coaches women on how to break through these mindset barriers and discover lifelong financial freedom. I am so looking forward to sharing this conversation with you all. I hope you enjoy it. Vanessa, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you connect with your clients. Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. So I'll tell you about my background first and kind of how I got into this. So background-wise, I'm a CPA, so Chartered Professional Accountant. Mm. And then, so that's how I started my career. And then I went through my career, but always had this love and passion for personal finance. And part of it was because of my own struggles with money. Like I didn't know how money worked. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my money. Mm. And then luckily, I found a mentor who helped me. So at first, when I started this journey, I was just more helping my clients understand how to better manage their funds. So whether it's getting out of debt, saving, you know, where to put your money, well, how do you set your financial goals? That's how I started mm. servicing my clients. But I realized along the way that our mindset has such a huge impact on our relationship with money. And so that created this other journey of Mm -hmm. mine, which led me down this whole mindset world. And and that's why I became an NLP practitioner, because I was really fascinated with how our thoughts, our beliefs create our money habits and create our money patterns. So what I do now with my clients is bridge the two together. So help them with their money beliefs, release any money blocks that they have. And then once they've got that more elevated mindset, show them how to better manage, how to save, invest, Mm -hmm. get out of debt, and truly just reach their financial goals. That's so cool. I love how you have this piece to overcome these blocks before you even get to the nitty gritty of things. But what came up for me when you were talking about that and how you started your journey and teaching people these tools don't you think that these should be tools that we all have from the very get-go? Yeah. I and why aren't they? <laughs> I completely agree. It's like we go to school and we learn things like biology or calculus, mm. like things we never use, but we don't learn the fundamentals of finance. And 
I don't know why it's the case. Hopefully before I leave this earth, that's changed. <laughs> um, but I truly, truly do believe it has to be something that we do learn like from the basics, like from the beginning, because your money impacts every decision you make in life. Mm-hmm. Where you shop, where you live, what type of car you drive, what type of education you receive. It impacts everything we do in life. And it's like the one fundamental thing about life we don't learn. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it is, but I'm hoping in my mm-hmm. lifetime I can change that somehow. Yeah. It's a beautiful mission. I, I love that. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's quite interesting that, like you said, we have all these other um, necessary subjects that we're supposed to learn from, but like, why is it that we don't have you know, the basic life skill of understanding money. And, um, you know, I think of, about, you know, you're referring to beliefs and I think about, you know, the common, I always hear people say this saying like, ah, oh, I don't like math. I hate math. And I think like mm-hmm. you work with math every day. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that every day, you're installing that every That's day. True. Um, and so, you know, that energy, it's like money is energy. Yes. And that, you know, how do you find, um, most people are in relationship with that energy. Do they even know that it's an energy? What's your experience with that? I would say not everyone knows it's an en- it's energy, and I feel like even some of my clients who can take that thought and they they can connect with the the thought of that, but still don't connect fully or energetically to money. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because you know, when we're raised to think about money, it's just, you know, some tangible piece of paper. It's hard for some people to conceptualize that it is energy. So Mm -hmm. I do find that most of the time when my clients come to me, they don't have that connection. And and that's the connection that we're trying to create because when you can see money, like I kind of see it as like my silent partner, like Mm -hmm. it's in my world, in my universe to help me achieve my dreams but in order for me to get to that, I have to realize that it's something that I, connect, I can connect to. And I have to realize it is an energy that can connect with my energy. But I do believe a lot of people don't see it that way. And it's hard for people to conceptualize it that way. Yeah, absolutely. What does it look like for a client's journey to fully embrace and understand and come to terms with that and have that new relationship? That must be fascinating. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Because <laughs> one of the things I actually have my clients do is personify money. So they actually, and it depends on, you know, what that visual looks like for them, but they connect to money by creating a persona for, for money. So one of my clients actually, she <laughs> somehow came up with this idea of seeing money as her best friend. So she printed mm-hmm. out a picture of like, a female that would look like her best friend. And then she literally was as doing this, found pennies just lying around like on her desk and then decided to paste pennies, like create a frame for her best friend of money and then put it on her desk. But that visual for her connected her to money so powerfully. And then I had another client who made money her future husband. So when you can actually connect to money that way of like, this is someone that I truly love, that I truly adore, that I would do anything for and know that that person truly loves me back. Mm. I'm just getting chills saying that, but you can easily create that energetic connection to money just by doing something as simple as that because we know what it is to love someone. 
or to feel mm. love from someone. So by personifying money, it really helps to break down that barrier of not feeling a connection towards money. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. And that we all um, have, you know, these internal representations, these, these automatic filtered um, experiences or even, you know, internal pictures of, well, everything. And so money being something, <laughs> we have an internal representation of money. So as we think about money, the first most unconscious thought that comes to mind, um, like you said, it's, it may not be that thing that we love. And so that choice, choosing that relationship, choosing how you want to relate to that, to money is just, that's powerful. That is beautiful. Mm -hmm. What I really like about it is that it really helps people come out of their logic and reason about money and brings them into an experience with money. Right. And feel like what it feels like to connect with money. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is the magic piece. It's like feeling that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feeling, is, everything. feeling yeah. is so important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what would you say to the person who, who feels that they are different? They're like, nope, I, you know, my money story, I can't, you know, my parents were bad at money. You know, I, I've always been bad at it, you know, making this up, but like someone who's got that story that they're like, they feel like they're different. Like they can't actually change. What would you say to that person? Yeah. Great question. So one of the things I think we all believe is that we feel the way we feel like we're the only ones that feel that way. Mm. And I've actually been kind of cataloging my clients blocks and they're all the same. Like they all have the same vein. They might sound a little different. Mm. So I would tell that person, one, you're not alone. So how you think, how you feel, even what your past was, you're not alone. Everyone has a past with money. Every, everyone feels a certain way with money. So it's knowing one that you're not alone. So it's nothing wrong with you. So accepting that fact and then realizing that you get to choose how you want your money relationship to be. You might be exhibiting behaviors from your parents' relationship with money that you have internalized, but you have the power to choose how you want it to be with money. So if you want to live a life where money flows to you easily or you, know, you live in this expansion and you have the things that you desire, you get to choose that because you create your reality. So I would tell that person, it's time to let go of the past and really decide mm-hmm. of what you want your future to be and work on creating that new mindset, work on creating that new belief, work on being that person, show Mm -hmm. up as the person who has the money or manages their money well. The more you operate in that past programming, the more you're going to attract the same thing. So if you want to change, of course, you have to want the change. So if someone wants the change, just start being that new version of yourself that has the money or manages the money in, in a different way. Right, right. And what do you see as the most common struggles or blocks really throughout that journey or approaching that? Um, yeah, great question. There's quite a lot of blocks we have. Um, if I kind of sum up the common ones I'd say I see with my clients, I'd say there's always a big one around deserving. So not feeling worthy and deserving of money. And that could be tagged to them, like not feeling as if they've worked hard enough. Or I've got some clients who are entrepreneurs and feel like what they do is easy because it's, you know, second nature to them. 
So they feel, well, it's easy. So I shouldn't really get paid to do this or shouldn't get paid much to do it. Mm. So there's always this lack of deservingness that people feel. And sometimes the way they word it can be different, but that's the underlying block. Um, There's also a, a common block of that, that feeling that it's shallow to want more money or that you should just be grateful for what you have and you shouldn't desire more. If you desire more, that's, that's greed. But isn't that just a cover up for not really feeling deserving of it as yes. well? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> totally agree. I completely agree. And then, yeah, it's like shifting that perspective, like shifting that, that mindset. And I always say, well, if you desire something, like if you really want something in, in your heart and it's telling you that you desire it, you deserve it, then you should also realize that you deserve the money that's required to have it. You right. can say, you know, I want this great big house and then despise money when you need the money to get that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just looking at it all together. Um, so yeah, I would say those are big ones. And another big one is it's hard to make money. People think that you mm-hmm. really have to work hard or you have to struggle. And mm-hmm. I've got clients who've told me, well, I haven't struggled enough to make the income that I desire. And it's mm-hmm. like, why do you believe that? Why do you have to struggle? Why can't money come easy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The grind. Mm-hmm. All, these, mm-hmm. all these stories in our, in our uh, collective narrative, you know, it's like we see like the, the rags to riches story. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, I even, you know, I, one story that c- continues to come back to mind for me is like the, the story of Aladdin. Where yeah. like this like really kind-hearted, loving man, like, you know, he needed to manipulate and become someone else to get into, like enter into a realm of wealth. Mm-hmm. And even then he was like, ah, oh, I shouldn't even be here. Like these, mm-hmm. just like these very simple stories that we witness and that are, um, you know, reinstalled over and over and over again. And then, you know, we think that they're just these lighthearted stories, but are we taking them on as our own truth? Yeah. So yeah, I, I also think that we we carry a lot from our, our past generations too, right? Like they they went through a great depression. They went through some shit, right? <laughs> they didn't have the true. abundance of the modern world, really. Yeah. It's true. So yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Vanessa, can you get a little personal with us and tell us what your biggest block with money was and how it felt to overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. So of course I had a few, but one of the biggest ones I had was that to be wealthy or to have a lot of money, it would mean I'd have to change who I was. It would mean that I would have to almost like be mean spirited or have to step over people. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge thing for me. And it's funny because I didn't realize I had the block, of course, until I did the work, but that was always stopping me from achieving higher income. It's like mm-hmm. I would go and then oops, something would self-sabotage because subconsciously I thought, well, my subconscious told me you can't get to that level because you're going to change who you are and that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the biggest, biggest blocks that um, I'd say I, I overcame. Another one was even just that belief of other people can become successful easily and I'd have to work harder. So mm-hmm. that whole belief that if I'm not killing myself, <laughs> if I'm not like grinding, that the money's not going to come. And I feel like when I became an entrepreneur, I think that's when I really worked through that block more so. 
and realized like I do have the ability to attract money easily and started to live out of that new truth. Totally. I just want to congratulate you on overcoming that because that work is like, uh, that's work. Like that's work to overcome those beliefs. And um, as Jazz, you know, talked about too, like that can be generational. That can be like breaking Mm -hmm. the cycle of like, you know, many, many generations of, of that same belief. So like, congratulations, because that is powerful. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. It, it is a, it is work for sure. And I think one of the other things that helped me talking about the, the generational, I remember a mentor um, gave this analogy of dominoes and she was saying like, you know, all of our ancestors, like to your point, as you're saying, like they went to the, through the depression, they, had a lot of stuff that they went through and it was just them being dominoes and falling onto the next generation and falling onto the next generation. And we're all just holding all of that. And she said, it's your chance to stand the domino back up and not allow it to fall to your next generation. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that was a huge shift in my, my mindset of realizing that I have to do the work. It stops with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That power of choice again. Mm-hmm. You're choosing. Like, you know, you could let that domino fall. Yeah. You could choose to let your beliefs. And I think that's what um when we come back to NLP and neurolinguistic programming, it's all about ch- it's choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, let's talk about energy as money uh, or money as energy a little bit more because this is a topic that uh, I have thought about for a while. And I have a bit of a theory and I'd like to run it by you. Uh, So when I see uh, clients, I don't work directly with money, but I do see clients on a one-to-one basis for a whole realm of things. And sometimes money comes up in conversation. And what I have noticed, because money is an energy, I've noticed that when a person has a hard time receiving or giving to themselves. It is very much reflected in how their relationship with money shows up. It's almost like they have to like fill a void or um, even like by consuming and putting that money out there and getting that money back. It's really like filling something that they're not able to give themselves, but they truly are. And I'm wondering if this is part of the work that you do when, when you are with your clients. Yeah, I, well, I totally agree with your theory. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely feel that there's a huge connection. And that is something that I do work with my clients on because I do believe that you have to love to receive the money that you desire. You have to first love yourself. Hmm. And so going back to that void that you were talking about, I do feel that if you don't feel or love who you are like you're not accepting of you Mm -hmm. and if you can't accept of you how can you accept of anything else how can you truly accept of anything else you can maybe accept half-heartedly but you can't fully accept wholly Mm -hmm. and so I do feel that there is this this connection when you don't have voids to fill inside and you are whole inside I do believe that's when you can hold and attract full abundance right? because you're radiating the energy of love. Right. Totally. Totally. And for anyone who's listening, who's like in that place right now where they're like questioning, oh man, like, do I love myself? Like, am I not accepting myself? Um, 
an invitation to avoid beating yourself up about it because mm-hmm. it's okay if you're creating that awareness. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all have our stories, we all have our past and um, you're allowed to be a work of art and a work in progress too. So um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think loving yourself is such a, it's a really complex topic, right? It's very individual. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that one of the things that we forget about in terms of loving ourselves is that we think that we need to show up a certain way and then we can love ourselves. So if we're happy and we're joyful and all this, then we can love ourselves. But I see that oftentimes when we're angry or we're upset or we're frustrated or we're grieving, there's not as much love there. I had a client reach out to me just recently saying, you know, I'm feeling really, really frustrated and angry instead of patient and self-compassionate. And I asked her, well, can you feel frustrated and angry and self-compassionate? Like, forget the patience. We can leave that at the door. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's about how can we allow ourselves to show up as full humans mm-hmm. and yeah. all the emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. And the same way, it's like you can be, um, what, you know, coming back to money, it's like you can be learning how to do that work and still bringing in money. Like I think that sometimes, you know, the students that I work with or, you know, the situations I experience are, like working, let's say, with relationships, someone says, well, I don't want to get into a relationship until I'm 100% fixed, mm-hmm. until I'm 100% whole and I figured it all out. And it's like, okay, well, good luck. That's going to be a lifelong process. You can do it simultaneously. Yeah. You, can do, you can do the work together because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So how you do money, how you do that relationship with love and money can also, you know, impact your relationship with love with yourself. It, it gets to be healing in all aspects. It gets to be whole. That, that sounds like me saying I can't save because I have debt to pay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Absolutely. the same thing, right? It's so true. And it, I always feel like I sometimes say like life, like life is a playground. Life is always, is also like it gives you the experiences to be able to work on these things. So if mm-hmm. like you're waiting for that relationship or you're waiting, sorry, to, to fix yourself before you get in that relationship, sometimes you need that relationship to fix mm-hmm. you. You need that relationship so that there's issues or like things that you need to then, you know, face and say, okay, before I would have reacted this way, now I have the opportunity to choose to react a different way. But if you're not in that relationship, you can't work on things. So I do feel like you need, like you have to, to your point, you can do it throughout the journey. It's not waiting until one thing's perfect and then moving on to the next. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, have, I have a question then. So for the person who wants to practice abundance, the person who doesn't feel abundant, they feel like they're in lack, they feel like they're in scarcity or they're you know, in debt, whatever the story is. And they know, maybe they don't, but okay, let's assume this person knows. They're like, I know that I'm supposed to feel abundant, but how do I do that? Like, how do I do that? If I don't, if I'm not seeing it, like it's not in my reality, like how do I do that? And I'm questioning, how would you help a student through that? Yeah, great question. So if they can't connect to financial abundance, because sometimes it's very hard when, when you say, okay, I'm going to feel financially abundant, but then I look at my bank account and it's not sexy. (laughs) (laughs) So what I typically will have my clients do is just say, okay, 
abundance is a big word and it can mean different things. So when you look outside and you see the beauty of nature, does that make you have a sense of abundance? Or when you look around your home and it's beautifully decorated and you have like all the things that you wanted, the furniture, the pieces that you desire, does that make you feel abundant? So if you can't connect to like the financial abundance first, just connect to what abundance means to you and hold that feeling. So even if it's you looking at your, I don't know, favorite journal or crystal and that lights you up and that makes you feel abundant, just learn to connect to that feeling first because it's Mm -hmm. the feeling that you really want. And Mm -hmm. once you can connect to that feeling, then slowly bring that into your financial life. So sometimes even if, let's say it's a bank account, people hate looking at their bank accounts. I get my clients to go in every day. It doesn't matter what the dollar amount is, but just feel abundant, give Mm -hmm. love, give thanks Mm -hmm. to whatever that dollar amount is in your bank account. So start giving thanks and appreciation to what you have, but put that feeling of abundance behind it. And then you can start working on the bigger pieces. I have a, I have a point to that too, where a really an interesting book that I read once um, called Busting Loose from the Money Game, which is also like for anyone listening, if you listen to that book, it is a mind fuck. So just brace yourself. <laughs> but basically, you know, talking about how we're living in a matrix and that, you know, everything is, you know, collective consciousness and um, just the reframe on that money, like you never actually pay anyone in the sense that you're only ever actually paying yourself. So it's like, if let's say I go out and buy a salad or, you know, buy a bootable, whatever, and it's $12 and I'm like, oh man, I'm giving $12 to this person for this salad. Like that energy versus, wow, I'm paying to show myself how much I appreciate myself. I appreciate myself $12 worth. That's -hmm. what I'm going to put my energy into Mm -hmm. so that I can enjoy this salad. And then I get to sit and eat it and be like, wow, I just appreciated myself so much that I created the construct of this restaurant, created the construct of this salad, created the construct of this money to pay myself to then eat it. This is amazing. Like having a completely different reframe on the experience of abundance and money. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was such a shift because then every time I tapped my card or paid a bill, I was like, I am so grateful that I can appreciate myself this much. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, you're when you're talking about abundance, it sounds very much like gratitude. Yeah. Is there a difference? I I would say yes, there is a difference. Um, and I do feel like it does depend on like the definition in, in everyone's head. But I feel like gratitude is more of like giving that that thanks and appreciation for what you have, and the abundance is what you have. But mm-hmm. I think the two have to they go together. Or I would say it would be great if you express the gratitude for the abundance you have, because that's what grows your abundance. And I always do feel if you can't be grateful for a little, how can you be grateful for a lot? So I do feel like there's a parallel between them, although I think they're a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, that's where it comes down to the energetic codes, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, if you can't, if you are vibrating at a frequency of not being able to appreciate this little amount in front of you, where there's somewhere else in the world, there's a situation that might be worse than yours. We can put that out there, right? So just for some perspective, if, if we can't vibrate at a loving frequency here, 
how can we vibrate a loving frequency that's up there? And I understand that I'm doing hand gestures right now and people <laughs> listening to this podcast can't see that, but <laughs> I think my point was made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I had an experience actually yesterday. I was walking with my my son. We were walking down the street and we saw this, like it was a loony, but it looked really, really like rusted and dirty. And we kind of looked at it and uh, both of us actually had this almost like instinct of like, well, I don't really want to pick it up. Like, it's like, it's dirty. Like, it's like, and, and I just had a moment of, of interrupting that pattern going, this is money showing up in my reality here to take. Like it's right here. So like everyone else has passed it because they think it's dirty. What if I just took it home and cleaned it and had that little like mental shift of money isn't dirty. Like money um, does not. And this is something that I, my, my own personal experience of having to work through the beliefs around that, you know, money will, yeah, money will change me. Money will make me into a greedy, bad person. And, you know, money's corrupt and all these, all these beliefs, these, uh, these ultimately these lies that I've decided. Um, because I'm like, money only illuminates more of who you are. It's energy. So if you are already someone who is corrupt, like, yeah, money will do that. But also money won't do that. Anything will do that. Um, if you're a loving person, if you're someone who wants to see good in this world, like, you know, I think that there's the, um, yeah, the assumption that like no one else knows what we feel. So it's like, oh man, like, what if I, you know, why, why me? Like, should I have that money? Should I have that kind of wealth and richness and influence and power? And it's like, yes, yes, you should. And I think that the money in the world could really afford to be in the hands of people that have that heart centered intention and that mm-hmm. choose to see money, not as this thing that's dirty, but as something that's, it breeds opportunity and it breeds, mm-hmm. you know, life. It is a, it is a point of creation. Mm. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Mm. Yeah. What are some of the shadow sides of money that you see? What was that one? Sorry. What are some of the shadow sides of money that you see? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> So like shadow sides in terms of like, um, like the bad things that I, I've heard people yeah. say about money. Yeah. Or like, um, if there's any of these shadows, like I'm thinking greed or, mm. um, like I want to say corruption, like if there's any of these things that have filtered into your awareness. with Yeah. Money. Yeah, for sure. And one of the big ones, and I was going to probably open a can of worms. But when you think of like money and religion, when mm-hmm. I have clients who are like very religious and like, that's where they've grown or like, that's how they've been raised and grown up. One of the biggest things is, is that whole saying that, you know, money is the root of all evil mm-hmm. and not knowing the full context that it's not that money's the root of all evil. It's, you know, to your point, whose hands it's in. And mm-hmm. I also had one client who I think they were Catholic and however they were raised, like one of the prayers that they would always say started off saying like, I'm not worthy and deserving. And like that channeled into their whole money life of feeling like not worthy and deserving. So Mm -hmm. there's some like parallel to religion, but I'd say um, other common ones is definitely the greed. Definitely um, that whole concept of, yes, if you have money, you're going to turn into someone else. It's going to cause you to just let go of your morals or let go of who you are. That's mm. been a huge one, I'd say, for a lot, of, a lot of my clients for sure. And also just that belief that like, 
having money almost like makes you like self-centered. Like it turns you to be someone Mm -hmm. who more focuses on you and less of someone who actually wants to do more into this world. Like I had one client who she was very scared of having a lot of money because she was scared that if she did, all of her family would come and ask her for everything. And so she (laughs) felt, well, I have to like hoard this inside of me. I can't let everyone know how successful I am. So yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of different <laughs> different stories. I threw that uh, question out of my field at you, so I appreciate your response. <laughs> no, that's okay. Jazz loves the shadow. She loves to work with the shadow. She is a shadow hunter. She's like, let's play in the shadow. <laughs> so I so saw that coming. <laughs> cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we wrap up with our four final questions? Absolutely. I think so. Okay. So Vanessa, when do you feel the most powerful? I say when I'm operating out of my intuition and when I feel connected to source, when I'm not, because I I do say I will find myself operating out of like me and Mm. not connected. So when I'm connected and operating on my intuition, I, I feel the most powerful. I love That's that. beautiful. Next question. What is one thing in the modern world that's got to go? Oh, gosh. Hate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say judgment. I think we're so quick to judge and compare. Mm. It, the comparison, that comparison syndrome has to go, like has mm. to go. Like we're all equal. We can all ascend. There's mm. no need to compare. There's enough in this world for everyone. Mm. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, what is one thing this world's need more, this world needs more of? Empathy. Yeah. Definitely empathy. Yeah. We need to be able to just, understand people and meet them where they are and be able to empathize with them. Yeah. Beautiful. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? If you were to know. And so many. Um, (laughs) One of the biggest ones was fail hard. And this is what a mentor taught me when I was just first getting into this whole world. And it was basically this whole concept of don't be afraid to fail. And the people who have failed the most end up being the most successful. So the more you fail, fail hard, and you'll be able to succeed quicker. So it helped me with this whole belief of, you know, if I do this, I may not succeed. I might fail. What is that going to look like? And it's turned it into, great, let's fail today because then I'm one step closer to success. And it just releases that whole um, pressure of a failing in life and realizing that failure is another step to success. Mm, awesome. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like our listeners to know? Any final thoughts, any final words? I just say, know that abundance is yours. Know that it's for all of us and know that regardless of what your current money beliefs are that there's change you can change you can live in a world that's fully abundant and it's there for you to just grab if you open your hands and receive it 
Amazing. So received on this end. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm like preaching your praises. I'm like, yes. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for chatting. It was wonderful. Thanks for tuning into the show this week. We are so grateful for another opportunity to dive deep with you. If you want to connect with us even further, head to our website, www.consciouslycrude.com. There you will find how to get in touch with both of us, upcoming events and workshops, and links to our social media platforms. We always welcome your input, so feel free to comment your questions, make guest suggestions, and let us know what you learned. And it is so, so, so appreciated that you please rate, comment, and share so we can grow this conscious collective platform. With gratitude, Amanda and Jazz. <laughs>